Angela Angel Written by Philip Ivino, illustrated by Anne Coretti Once upon a time, not so very long ago, Thomas Daly and his family lived in a rundown house near Tolan's Toy Company. Thomas worked as a machinist for Tolan's. Thomas's wife, Rebecca, helped the family by working as a maid in the local hospital. Thomas had a beautiful young daughter named Angela. Angela always looked after her younger brother, Ellis. When Angela was born, she was given a beautiful doll from Toland's Toy Company. It was the custom of Mr. Toland to give a doll to all newborn girls born to his employees. This was one of the few benefits Toland employees received. Angela's mother named the doll Angela Angel after her daughter. It was one of those dolls with a pull string attached that would say, you look pretty today, or I'm sleepy, depending on which recording was in the queue. The doll was fairly large, standing about 18 inches. It looked something like Angela herself looked when Angela became a young lady. She had a clear complexion with light brown hair. Angela Angel had brown eyes and a constant gentle smile with big rosy cheeks. As Angela grew up, she discovered that this was a very special doll. When other people were around, the doll would say the standard, I'm happy to see you, kind of things. But extraordinarily, when Angela and Angela Angel were alone, the doll would tell Angela amazingly interesting things. One time, Angela pulled the string and Angela Angel said, I will grant you one wish, but only if I think it is a worthy wish. Thomas Daly, despite his modest position, never seemed concerned about his situation. After all, he was married to a woman who, in his eyes, was the most beautiful woman in the world. He had a lovely child in Angela who was as brilliant as she was lovely, and Ellis was to be his legacy. He had a dream that one day Ellis would go on to do great things in the world. Toland's toy factory overlooked the Susquehanna River in south-central Pennsylvania. The factory itself was brightly colored to reflect the jollity of the many companions produced for the children in all parts of the country and beyond. Throughout the various departments, cheerful music was pumped in to accentuate the mirth and merriment for families visiting the facility. The visitor's center displayed and sold cuddly stuffed dolphins and bears, electronic toys, wagons, dolls, and so many more items far too numerous to mention. If you can imagine it, it was probably made somewhere at Toland's. Yancey Toland lived in a gray and white mansion high above the river. The roof was made of clay tile in the shade of terracotta, highlighted by the stucco walls that shimmered with the reflection of trees off the river. The brilliant sunlight gave way to the shadows of leaves and branches cooling the evening as the sun set in the sky. Mr. Toland's many beautiful classic cars proclaimed, that his taste in uncommon transportation matched the wealth he amassed over many years of selling dreams and fantasies. His Olympic-sized heated pool enclosed in a retractable dome taunted the cold Pennsylvania winters. Yet with all of Mr. Toland's wealth, he lacked the compassion and concern for those hundreds of workers who contributed to his success. He considered his workers to be interchangeable parts to his overall machinery. If someone became a squeaky wheel, he would simply replace him or her. This was well known and the workers learned to accept their condition. 
The alternative was seeking employment elsewhere, and since Mr. Toland surrounded himself with mostly unskilled laborers, the employees tended to stay put for years on end. This was in stark contrast to the way he treated the artists, designers, engineers, and other professionals he needed to keep Tolan's on top in a very competitive industry. Mr. Tolan's only child was Edward. Edward was the heir apparent to the plaything empire. Edward was Mr. Tolan's one and only source of worry, for his posterity was packed into this little person, subject to the cruel and punishing world of accidents, disease, and happenstance. Surprisingly, Edward was not some spoiled, frail little boy of ten years, but an intelligent, active, good-looking young man. You were likely to see Edward swimming three lanes of the pool, or darting around the bases on his baseball team, or skating briskly on the Little League hockey team. Mrs. Toland always kept close watch on Edward, but she was never one to suppress his energy or stifle his interests. Mr. Toland loved and protected his little family, but he was never able to appreciate the fact that other men loved their families with the same fierce passion that he did. If they were poor workers in his factory, they were somehow less human and more disposable. He worked hard for what he got. He expected them to make their own way. This was Mr. Toland's philosophy. He believed in neither a handout nor a hand up. Thomas Daly worked for Mr. Toland's toy company for 14 years. Mr. Daly would often see Mr. Toland as he toured the factory. Mr. Toland would smile and sometimes wave, but Mr. Daly knew that he was barely tolerated by Mr. Toland because of events from the past. Mr. Daly would do his work well and never give Mr. Toland cause to dismiss him. But Mr. Daly was very outspoken about his conditions at the plant. He needed this job very badly and did not press too hard because he knew that Mr. Toland had a very short fuse. Mr. Daly was 36 years old and was a very capable machinist. He learned all he knew while on the job. And over the years, he had operated many different machines and was quite adroit. If Tolans were to lose Mr. Daly, it would take quite some time for the company to train someone half as good as he was. Mr. Daly had sharp angular features, a sinewy body, and a quiet strong presence. He was the kind of man that was well respected and seldom teased or ridiculed by other workers. He had a serious nature as he plotted through life with one main goal. This was the same goal that Yancey Toland had. He wanted his son as well as his daughter to prosper in this world. Mr. Daly worked hard and saved everything he could in order to make this happen. Fate steps in and a look back on how our story started. The day Angela was born, October 3rd, 1992. This was the happiest day in Thomas Daly's life. On this day, Angela Daly was born. Thomas's joy could not be suppressed beneath his usual demeanor of stoicism. He was both proud and worried. He worried about the future for his tiny child. He worried about Angela's safety and health. Rebecca assured Thomas that the Lord had a way of providing. With love and guidance, Rebecca knew that Angela would grow up to be a credit to her parents. As babies go, Angela was fairly typical, born of average weight and average height. Everything was pretty much average except that Angela was born into a family that struggled to make ends meet. 
Angela would receive a public school education, but took learning seriously and flourished. Angela had to depend on being healthy with Rebecca serving as her doctor, since the family could not afford health care or health insurance. Angela's clothes were purchased at yard sales and from thrift shops. She would never go on trips and basically learn to entertain herself. It would have been very easy for Angela to become a whiner, but she was a loving child living a safe and happy childhood. Mrs. Daly always kept Angela grounded. She loved her husband, but knew that Thomas could be a bit abrupt with his daughter in an effort to prepare her for a callous world. Rebecca made certain that Angela was courteous and treated people with respect. Angela had the best traits of her mother along with the realistic view of life her father could provide. The day Edward was born, January 15, 2000. This was the happiest day in Yancey Tolan's life. He was happier today than he was when he was 12 years old and hit three home runs over the fence in one game. He was happier today than the day his own father relinquished control of Tolan's toy company over to him. He was even happier today than the day over two years ago when he married the beautiful Terry Tolliver. This day, Edward Toland was born. Edward would be the future of Toland's toy company. As babies go, Edward was fairly typical, born of average weight and average height. Everything was pretty much average except that Edward was born into a family that was far beyond average if your measure is wealth. Edward would receive the best education, the best health care, and the best clothes. He would go on the best trips and basically have the best of everything. It would have been very easy for Edward to become a spoiled boar. But fortunately, Mrs. Toland always kept Edward grounded. She loved her husband, but knew that Yancey Toland could be a bit overbearing. She also made certain that Edward was courteous and treated people with respect. Edward had the best traits of his mother along with the advantages his father could provide. The day Ellis was born, January 22, 2000. This was the new happiest day in Thomas Daly's life, or at least tied with a day eight years earlier. Exactly one week after Edward Toland was born, Ellis Daly was born. Thomas's joy was much more subdued. He was both proud and worried. He worried about the hospital bills. He worried about Ellis's future. Rebecca assured Thomas that the Lord had a way of providing. With love and guidance, Rebecca knew that Ellis would grow up to be a credit to his parents. As babies go, Ellis was fairly typical, born of average weight and average height. Everything was pretty much average, except that Ellis was born into a family that struggled to make ends meet. Ellis would receive a public school education, as most people do. Ellis had to depend on being healthy, with Rebecca serving as his doctor since his family could not afford health care or health insurance. Ellis's clothes were purchased at yard sales and from thrift shops. He would never go on trips and basically learned to entertain himself. It would have been very easy for Ellis to become a complainer, but he was a happy child, living a safe and happy childhood. Mrs. Daly always kept Ellis grounded. She loved her husband, but knew that Thomas could be a bit hard on his son in an effort to prepare him for a brutal world. Rebecca made certain that Ellis was courteous and treated people with respect. 
Ellis had the best traits of his mother along with the realistic view of life his father could provide. 